Boker Tov, we're continuing, continuing Sefer Shimuel Bet. And we just completed the story, well, not the full story, but the first half of the story of David and Bathsheba, and that is the sin. The sin when... Um, were you here for that? So, David, he sends out... And you remember the war with Amon? Yeah. And uh, who else was it? Then she said she was pregnant. He laid with her and he said he was pregnant. Yeah, and then and then he saw her bathing on the roof while he was all the people, all the men in the city were out to war. David was home alone, chilling, and he sees she's bathing on the roof, and or he's on the roof and he sees her bathing. It's a question as to whether she was on the roof or she was in her home and he what he was on the roof watching her, and. He ends up calling for her and he sleeps with her and then she sends a message saying, I'm pregnant. Then David says, okay, so call Uriah. I'll send him home. He'll be with his wife and then we'll cover it up. And then mm-hmm. the kid that, that's born will be clearly, uh, will be known to be the Uriah's. Yeah. But Uriah turns to David and he says, how, how can I go home when the Aron is in a tent and the people are out to war on your life that I'll go out and, and go back to my wife and be with her? So he slept and he just stayed in the area of the king, uh, in the, with the king's guard, and he just slept there for the night. And then the next day, David says, okay. And then, um, and then David calls him in and he tries to get him drunk, but he still doesn't go. <clears throat> so David sends a message to Yoav and he says, put this guy in the front of the war where the battle is tough and then withdraw and leave him hanging alone and let him get killed. So then Yoav does that. They approach the wall of the enemy, of the city of the enemy, of Ammon, and then a lot of people from Amisrael die in the process, but Uriah also was killed in the process. So it didn't go as smoothly as David hoped. Many Jews did die uh, because of this, this uh, tactic. Of this tactic. And, and, but Uriah is also killed. So then Yoav sends a message to David saying that so-and-so happened, and we went, we approached the wall, and people of Amisrael were killed. And then Yoav tells the messenger that if David gets upset, just tell him that Uriah is dead also though. I mean, if he gets upset that why did you guys play such, do such a dumb thing by going close to the city, you know that they're going to shoot arrows from on top of the wall of the city and they're going to kill you. And just tell him, if he gets really upset, just tell him that Uriah is dead also. So the, the messenger comes to David and he says, um, he tells what happened and David says, don't worry, it's okay. Because the sword consumes this and that. There's no controlling what the sword consumes. Be strong in your war and destroy the city and, and win. Um, and then the wife of Uriah, and the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah was, her husband was, uh, was dead. So she began to mourn for him. And it was after her, she finished mourning, David called for her and he and he brought and he brought her into his house and he took her as a wife and they had a son and the matter was evil in the eyes of Hashem okay a few uh, editorial points here it says and the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah was killed we've seen something oh, similar before the remember other, the other woman yeah, we saw with Abigail, Abigail. right? That it says, Abigail, Eshet Naval, right? She's being immodest. Because she hinted that she's open to being the wife of David while she was still married to, to Naval. 
So the Chachamim say that she is branded as the, the wife of Naval as a, as a kind of like a degrading thing to her, that she was showing interest in another man while still bound to the first man. We're seeing a similar thing by Bathsheba, in which it doesn't even call her by her name. It says, Vatishma Eshet Uriah. The wife of Uriah heard. So it just it completely ignores the fact that she is uh, that she has a name, okay? Which I have a feeling is for the same reason. Maybe Rashi even says it. No, he doesn't say it, but I would venture to guess that there is a similar thing going on here. Uh, what else? Okay, now quickly, what is the the sin? Obviously, the sin is that he he was with another man's wife, and he sent the man out to get killed in order to cover it up. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty uh, as bad as it gets. Yeah. Um, what else? What is the fundamental problem with what David is doing? He's what, using what? his kingship to exactly. He's using his kingship for his personal gain. What we loved about David so much, what we respected about him so much, is that he saw the kingship as a means to the glorification of God's name and to the success of Am Yisrael. He put his own personal things aside. We saw him make one error in which he showed favor to um, the Amon. Amon. That's how his whole war started, actually. Right? In which he showed favor to Amon, which he said, according to Amnon Bazak, was a personal friendship that he should have left out because nationally we're enemies with Amon, so he should have separated between the national and the personal. But on the whole, David is very good about putting his personal aside and having pure respect for Boreolam for the nation and for using the kingship solely as a means to unify and to glorify God's name. Okay? So, what were examples of that? What are examples of David doing that? Uh, with uh, the, the giant, whenever he came with the, to fight uh, Goliath. Goliath. Okay, in there, there are a few psukim where he says, uh, You come to me with a sword and a spear, and I come to you with the name of God. Exactly. He wanted to glorify Hashem's name. He didn't want to... Yeah. What else do we see? We see how he respected Shaul. Mm. Now he, would, he, would, he wasn't willing to touch Shaul. I don't care if my... Personally, it's better for me. This is the kingship. This is God's... Hashem, Hashem this is chose. God's... God, God chose him and he represents God's glory. So I'm not going to touch him. All right. So he had multiple times in which his people were telling him to kill Shaul. And he's like, no, I wasn't told I could kill the king. All right. So we see David has a lot of respect for the kingship. And then David's whole purpose throughout the book of... the. the Earlier in the book of Shemuel Bet, when he's trying to unify Am Yisrael, right? right? And then Abner comes to him and offers him to, to, you know, to unify Am Yisrael, and he doesn't even think twice. Of course, I want that. Yoav is the one who sabotages it because Yoav has a personal fight with Abner because he killed his brother, right? But David would never think like that. Okay, so you can imagine if if Abner were to have killed David's brother, and then Abner were to come and offer to unify Am Yisrael, David would have accepted. You would have been for sure, hundred percent. Where is that David now? That yeah, and then, and then we saw with the most clear situation was whenever they were bringing the Aaron to to, to Yerushalayim, and then David is dancing and he's singing, he's 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 uh, dancing joyously before the Aaron, and then his wife Michal is looking at him and saying, "What is this? Is this the way a king is supposed to behave?" And he said, "I'll do even less than this. Well, what do I care from the king? It's the it's the glory of God." So for David. The glory of the kingship was meaningless. It was the glory of God that was what the, the purpose of the kingship was. So now, we notice that David sent his generals out to this war without, any, without partaking in the war himself. He caused the war, 
by showing friendship to Hanun the, of, of Ammon, right? The, the son of Nathan. But when the war actually happens, David is the only man who's left in Yerushalayim just by himself, relaxing. Now, that's not good. That's, that's a flaw. That's not, that's not positive. And the fact that we saw when Uriah was told to go home, what was Uriah's response? What, the Aron is in a tent and the people are out to war and I'm going to go to be with my wife? So Uriah gets the, gets the purpose, right? He, get, he gets the idea. But that's exactly what David did. David was home, was in the palace, was relaxing while the people were out to war and he slept with the man's wife. I feel like Uriah he suffered such a fate when he was so righteous, it seems. Okay, so now, um, so we're, we're, I, I'm not so sure. Okay, so, so the Chachamim say that Uriah was Mored bin Malchut. He, was, he rebelled against the kingship because he didn't listen to David's order. Right? Now, that doesn't make him unrighteous, but it does mean that he made a big mistake. And I think Uriah's tone with David is a little bit disrespectful. I personally Talk think so. The king like that is also yeah, what he, now what he said to David was true. What, everybody's out to war and I'm going to be relaxing with my wife? But, but that's what David did. Which means the flaw here is that for the first time in David's entire kingship, we've seen David take advantage of the kingship for his personal gain. Which is the much bigger flaw. Because the, the, the personal flaw of, of being with another man's wife, that's a sin between, let's say, him and another man, him and God, right? But using the kingship for personal gain is a much broader problem. It means that you've lost your direction of where the kingship should lead. So like, for example, you'd think that let's say a person were to, you, you were to be a king, you're expected to have a very high standard, and you don't go to shacharit, right? So that's not the biggest deal in the world for a king, because it's a sin between you and Hashem. But if let's say you have too many horses, or you do one of the violations of the kingship, then that's a, that's a national problem. Mm -hmm. That means that you've lost perspective on what the kingship is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I think that the main problem here, more than the sin of Eshet Ish, and more than the sin of sabotaging another man because of his wife, the sin here is that David has lost his grip on what the kingship is about. And that, that David, which was reprimanding his wife Michal, and was telling him, what do you mean? It's about the glory of God. I don't care about my kingship. All of a sudden, that David, same David is now taking liberties with the kingship and is using it for his personal gain. So I think that is the, the, bigger, the bigger issue at hand, is that David has gone off. And if, and if David doesn't correct course and realize that the kingship is, has a purpose and he can't just use it for his personal whim, then, then the whole purpose of the kingship is lost. So there's a fundamental problem. Yeah, that's gonna, he's going to be the second son. The one we see here is going to die. Okay? Uh, now, uh, in terms of the, what the Chachamim say, the Chachamim say, Technically, he didn't sin. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a... The Chachamim say, Anybody who went out to war, this is in Masachet Shabbat, anybody who would go out to war from the house of David, they would write a get to their wife before they left. That was conditional. If I were to die, if I would not show up again, then the get starts from now, meaning it works It works retroactively, mm -hmm. which means that the, the divorce would take place from the day that he left out to war. So what David was, died, if the guy dies, then retroactively they are divorced from the day he left so his house. If, if Uriah listened to David and went home to be with his wife, then David sinned. Yeah, exactly. But if Uriah dies, oh 
But if David kills Uriah, then David doesn't sin. Ironic, huh? That, but he's still, what, he's no. still... Then he killed. Then oh, he sins. He's over of killing. Yeah, look. I don't know how people come away from the story and they don't see any sin involved. There's obviously a sin. But the question is... I mean, so you could look into the technicalities of, oh, technically there was a get, so he didn't do Eshet Ish. And then he was... He sent the messenger to do the killing, so he didn't do the killing himself. And you, there's no Shaliyah Lidvara Vera. And then also there's an Avera Lishma that he did the sin because he knew Binivois that Shilomo would come from Batsheva. So, oh, I need to have, I need to be with Batsheva. So Shilomo comes from me and he's going to be the king. Uh, I'm more of the opinion that David just sinned and that there is room within Judaism for a person to sin even very, very badly. But so long as they admit their sin and they do Teshuvah, there is something to be salvaged. That being said, from now on till the end of the book of Shemuel is all downhill. And it's all a result of this sin. David is going to become more depressed. He's going to feel like it's all over. In fact, the Chachamim will say it, say it uh, explicitly. We'll see it in the next chapter where they say when Natan is going to come to him, Natan Navi is going to come to him. He's going to tell him that what you did was wrong. Uh, he's going to give him a parable about a guy stealing the, the sheep of his, of his neighbor. And then David is going to say, if a guy does that, he should, be, he should get four sins. He should, get, he should be punished four times. And then the Chachamim say the, the, four, the four sins are, are Amnon, Tamar, Absalom, and, uh, and the, the death of his first son. Meaning the Chachamim say that from now on to the end of the book is going to be all punishments for David's sin with Bathsheba. Mm. So clearly there is there's a sin here. I don't think you can get away from that. Just the question is then, is there room within Yahadud for a person to make gross huge mistakes and still come back mm -hmm. and still be called the greatest king of all time and I think David does that because for the vast majority of David's reign he's perfect he really gets it he strays here quite a bit but he quickly corrects when he's rebuked by the Navi instead of lashing out like Shaul would have done and saying no what are you talking about I didn't sin the people made me sin when he is corrected David says Khatati Ladonai I've sent to God right so, so that's where David's greatness comes into play and in that he's able to, he has the, typically when a person is consumed with power, they lose all self-awareness. So like you think, like Nancy Pelosi will ever admit she makes a mistake, you know? Of course not. These people, they, they become consumed with power and then they, they become crazy. Shaul, same thing with Trump. Shaul, Shaul at the same time also. Shaul was, was also, so Shaul was so consumed, consumed that, that he, he could never admit that he made a mistake. So the Nabi would come to him and tell him, you didn't wait for me or you didn't uh, kill, kill Amalek. He says, no, the people wanted the spoils. What do you mean? Yeah. David, he, he corrects. So that, that's what we like about David is that he could sin in a very grave way. He could lose the focus on what the kingship is about. But he won't go into denial about it. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll admit it and then he'll correct and move back onto the right path. Right. Okay? Uh, so we begin with that analysis, chapter 12, which we don't have time to for anymore. But um, I'll just read a couple of psukim. Chapter 12, Pasuk Aleph. Ba'ishlach Adonai et Natan el David. God sent Natan to David because uh, Hashem was upset with what, what David did. By Avoy love, the prophet comes to him. By Omer Law, Echad Rash. And he said, Two people were in one city, rich and one poor. The wealthy person had a lot of sheep and cattle, very much. The poor person had nothing. He had one little sheep that he bought. 
by Chayea, and he raised her, and she grew. And with his sons, with his small family, the sheep would, would drink, would eat from his bread, and would, would drink from his, from his own cup. And would lie in his in his uh, he would it would be in the barn sleeping and the, the, the sheep would be next to him. And the sheep was almost like a daughter to him. And then a, a, a visitor came to the wealthy man. And he wanted to treat the visitor. You know, you have a guest, you want to treat him to some meat. But he didn't want to take from his own sheep that he had abundance of. So he took the poor person's one sheep that the guy had that he raised. And he took it by and he made it for the person who approached him. Okay, this is the the parable that Natan gave to David. Tomorrow, Bezer Hashem, we'll see David's response and his reaction. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.